Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 9.45 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nyberg. The title, if you will, that Christ gave him to himself more than any other title was the Son of Man. That's how he referred to himself most often, as the Son of Man. We know from Daniel chapter 9, or Daniel chapter 7, that the Son of Man is the Messiah. So he knew exactly why he was referring to himself as the Son of Man, the Messiah. Now I'm going to read a verse of Scripture where the Son of Man tells us why he came to earth. Now the Son of Man is the uncreated Son of God, and he became flesh. And he tells us why he came to earth. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, we read these words. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. There he tells us. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, this is the concluding statement about the story of a man named Zacchaeus. In Vacation Bible School, children love to sing the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Perhaps the reason they like that song so much is because he was a small man and he was up in a tree. They like to think of climbing trees, but what a story, the story of Zacchaeus. Let's begin reading in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. He was on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. Uh, Jericho was about a day's walk from Jerusalem, and on his way to Jerusalem, he passed through the city of Jericho. The scripture says he'd set his face like a flint. He knew exactly what he's doing. He was going to die on the cross. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. A publican was a Jew, employed by the Roman government to collect taxes for Rome. And they could add anything they wanted to the payment as long as they, Rome got their money. You may owe $1,000 to Rome and Zacchaeus would charge you 2000 
And he was protected by the Roman government. There was not anything you could do about it. Now, can you imagine how that would infuriate you? He was the chief among the publicans. He was the top publican. And he was rich. He was probably the most hated man in Jericho. Public enemy number one. Everyone had felt the sting of his unjust ways of extorting money from you. He was a very rich man and he'd made his riches taking money out of your pocket. He was a publican, the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. But verse 3 says, and he sought to see Jesus who he was. Now this story of Zacchaeus begins where every other story does. Before the foundation of the world. God is. He is eternal. He doesn't see in sequence of events. With him there's no Yesterday, today, or tomorrow, everything is in the eternal present. God is. And God, before time began, elected a people to salvation. He gave the Lord Jesus a people to be his bride. Ephesians 1, 4 says, According as he hath chosen us, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Who did he love? The church. And gave himself for it, that he might wash it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blame before him. Zacchaeus was one of those people that Christ came to seek and to save. Now, if you are saved or if you will be saved sometime in the future, it's because you were saved in eternity. 2 Timothy 1.9 says he saved us and he called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world was. God said in Jeremiah 31.3, and this is said to all of his people, behold, I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that had no beginning. A love that has no end. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Well, Zacchaeus was one of those people that Christ came to save. Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus who he was. Now, did uh, Zacchaeus just wake up one morning and think, I'm going to start seeking the Lord, I'm going to see who Jesus Christ really is. No, it didn't work that way. There was something that precipitated this, that gave 
him an interest and want to see who Jesus Christ is. And let me tell you this, this is when salvation begins, when we want to know who Jesus Christ is. All that other stuff is just human religion. When we want to know who he is, that's when the Lord has spoken to us. We want to know more than anything else who Jesus Christ is. This is the issue. Who is Jesus Christ? Now, what was it that made this covetous, greedy criminal, a publican, all of a sudden interested in the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, in the chapter before this, the Lord publicly gave this parable. Verse 9. And I'm sure some publicans were listening to this when he gave this public parable. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one, a Pharisee, a religious man. The word Pharisee means separated one. He thought that there was something that he had done that separated him from other men. A Pharisee, a religious man, a moral man, and a publican, a dishonest, sinful man. These two men are polarized, a Pharisee and a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He thought God heard, but God didn't hear. He was just praying to himself. Didn't get anywhere past the ceiling. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee. I'm giving you the credit. I thank thee, not for your grace, not for your mercy, not for the blood of Christ, not for salvation. What do you thank God for? I thank thee that I am not as other men are. He compared himself to others and thought, I come out on top. And I'm giving God the credit for it. He says, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not an adulterer. Or even as this publican, this unclean man that's here in the temple in the back. He says, I fast twice in the week and I give tithes of all that I possess. He's patting himself on the back for all the good things that he did. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. This man knew one thing. He was a sinner. The Pharisee was not like other men are. This man believed himself to be the worst man alive. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Now, our Lord's comment on this. I tell you, this man, this publican, this sinner, went down to his house justified. 
No guilt. No sin. If you go down to your house justified, that means you've been declared to be not guilty, innocent, sinless. And I'm sure that there were Republicans who heard this parable and they were amazed. You mean to tell me that somebody like me, a dishonest, sinful man, can be justified? To stand before God without guilt? I'm sure this made its rounds through the uh, various publicans in the area. And I'm sure that this came across Zacchaeus. There's a man named Jesus who spake of a way that publicans could actually be justified. And this caught Zacchaeus' attention. Um, maybe he had never thought of the state of his soul before. He was so busy making money. And he knew what he was doing was dishonest, but he had a way of pressing it down because he was busy getting rich. But deep down, he knew that all was not right, but he just pushed it to the back of his mind. But now he hears of a publican being justified. He hears who said this, and now he seeks to see Jesus, who he was. Now, when he did this, we read in verse 3, he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, for the crowd. For he was little of stature. Now, when I think of um, Zacchaeus, I think of Danny DeVito, somebody like that. So I, I think of them even having the same character. I, I can see that. A very short man couldn't see over the crowd, and he wanted to see who the Lord was. So what did he do? He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. He just wanted to get a glimpse. Now, whenever you seek to see who Jesus Christ is, you find out, like Zacchaeus, that you can't. You're unable to see who he is. You can't, by searching, find him out. We're completely dependent upon revelation. I'll never know him unless he is pleased to make himself known to me. Zacchaeus found out that he couldn't see him. So what does he do? He runs ahead. And I love to picture this in my mind, this little short man in a robe and sandals running ahead of the crowd and climbing up into a sycamore tree, hoping to just get a glimpse of this man, Jesus Christ, to find out who he really is. He knew he was to pass that way. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place. There was an exact place at the intersection of a longitude and a latitude that he had ordained that Zacchaeus was going to be. You see, Christ goes after his sheep. Remember, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus is one of his lost sheep. Uh, the Lord said, I'm not sent, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Zacchaeus is one of them. And there he is in that tree, just as God ordained. And Christ came to the place. He knew he was there. And he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, 
You reckon Zacchaeus was amazed? He knows my name. I've never met him. Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down. For today I must abide at thy house. Now this is what is known as the effectual call. You see whom he did predestinate? Romans 8, 29. Whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And here we have the calling of Zacchaeus, the effectual call of his grace. Now, when the Lord said, Matthew, follow me, could Matthew have said no? Of course not. This is an all-powerful call. He arose, forsook all, and followed him. Lazarus, come forth. Could Lazarus say, I don't think I'm going to do it? No. This is the call of invincible, life-giving, irresistible grace. He that was dead came forth. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. Now let me bring out a few things about this call. First of all, it was an effectual call. Because Zacchaeus did make haste and come down. And he received him joyfully. Zacchaeus didn't say no. He wasn't able. God's grace had conquered him. He made haste. And he came down and he received him joyfully. And it was a most gracious call. Zacchaeus, the chief among the publicans, the most wicked man in town, the most despised man in town. You see, Christ came to save sinners. He didn't come to save good people. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The apostle Paul put it this way. This is a faithful saying and is worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Not good people. Not religious people. Sinners. Of whom Paul said, I am the chief. The worst man to ever live. And this was a personal call. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. You see, he calleth his own sheep by name. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. And it was a hastening call. Zacchaeus, make haste. Don't wait on anything. Do this right now. Don't wait till you get better. Don't wait till you're able to give up some sin that you think is keeping you from Christ. Don't wait till you improve your life. Don't wait for anything. Don't wait till you learn more. Don't wait till you have more feelings. Don't wait till you have a better experience. This is the command of the gospel right now. Make haste. If you don't make haste, you're trying to do something in order to gain God's acceptance. You're waiting until you can do this and you can do that. That's salvation by works. Make haste. And it was a humbling call. Come down. The biggest problem you and I have is too high an opinion of ourselves. The biggest problem you have is not your sin 
It's your righteousness. Your sin won't keep you from Christ, but your righteousness will. Come down, come down from your high thoughts of yourself and your own experience and your own religion and your own morality and your own works and all the good things you think about yourself. Come down, see your righteousness as it is, filthy rags, come down. I don't care if you struggle with insecurity and have no self-confidence. Don't mistake that for humility. You can have that as be as proud as a devil. Come down as the chief of sinners. Come down. And it's a necessary call. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I must abide at thy house. Now, why must he abide at his house? Because this was a sinner he came to seek and save. God purposed this man's salvation. Saved he must be. Christ says, I must abide at thy house. And it was an abiding call. He didn't say, I must drop by there and leave. He was there for good. You see, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when he saves you, he's with you eternally. Today, I must abide in thy house. And what did Zacchaeus do? It says he made haste. Oh, would to God that me and you do that. Don't try to do something first. Don't try to improve yourself. He made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. Joyfully. Oh, this was the best news Zacchaeus had ever heard. And he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. Verse 7. And when they saw the religious fellows, the Pharisees, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that's a sinner. Does he realize who this is? He's going into their home. Why, this will ruin his testimony. He's saying what this man is doing is okay. He's, he's putting his approval on his lifestyle by going to his house. This man is a wicked, evil man. He ought not have anything to do with him. They murmured at the Lord. They found fault with the Lord. Now, these men obviously were blind to who they were. If they knew who they were, they would be rejoicing that he had gone to be guest with a man that's a sinner. You see, this man receiveth sinners. He's the friend of sinners. Oh, thank God for the sinner's friend. They murmured. But look what Zacchaeus had to say. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord. He wasn't speaking to anyone else. He was speaking to the Lord. Lord, behold, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything by false accusation, I restore to that one fourfold. Now, Zacchaeus, there's two things we know about him. Number one, he was a greedy man. He was a covetous man. And he was a dishonest man. That is evident just by 
his profession as a publican. He was a greedy, grasping, covetous man seeking wealth, and he would destroy anybody to get his own wealth. And he was a dishonest man. He would get it by unjust means. Now, we do not read where the Lord told Zacchaeus, you need to straighten up your life. You need to start being honest. You need to start being generous. The Lord did not coerce him. He did not manipulate him. He did not use guilt manipulation to try to get him to change his life. Matter of fact, he didn't say anything to it. This was unprompted. This came naturally from the heart of this man. This man who was so greedy said, Lord, to half of my goods, I give to the poor. He said, if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore unto him fourfold. This was done by the grace of God. This is God doing something for this man that caused him to be this way. And Jesus said unto him, verse 9, This day is salvation come to this house for as much as he has a transformed life. You can see it in the way he conducts himself. That's not what the Lord says. The Lord says, This day is salvation come to this house. I have come to this house. I am salvation. This day salvation is come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Now there were a lot of physical sons of Abraham there, but he was not just a physical son of Abraham. He was a true Jew. Paul describes them in verse 7, neither because they're the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called, that is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, just a natural Jew, someone born a Jew. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise, at this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah had also conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. You see, Zacchaeus was an elect sinner whom God was going to save by his grace. And then the Lord gives us his intention, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And let me say this about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's incapable of failure. Everyone he seeks, he finds. Everyone he intends to save, he saves. Who's lost? Someone who cannot save themselves in any way. They're lost. They're completely dependent on Christ to come to them and save them. That is a lost sinner. And for every lost sinner, without exception, there's a seeking Savior. You see, the only reason you know you're lost is because He taught you you're lost. And He's coming to seek you and to save you. And that's what He did by His mighty work on the cross. The Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ has come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
May God bless this to your heart for the glory of his name. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen. 